I'm Mark Ashby, reading from USA Today Opinion section. Are Trump's aides playing him on Taiwan? Gabriel Schoenfeld, by Gabriel Schoenfeld. During the Cold War, specialists on Soviet affairs were trained in the art of figuring out who in the Russian leadership was up, who was down, and what it meant. We Kremlinologists, I earned a Ph.D. in the discipline at Harvard in the 1980s, have had some recent practice thanks to the rise of the autocratic Vladimir Putin. Now we are uniquely qualified to apply our analytic techniques to what's taking place behind the walls of Trump Tower. Donald Trump's conversation with Taiwan President Tsai Ing-wen, the telephone call heard around the world and especially loudly in Beijing, is a case in point. Like Kremlinology, Trumpology cannot provide definitive explanations, but it does enable us to lay out intelligent alternative interpretations of what the hell is going on. A first and obvious possibility is that Trump's departure from four decades of established policy and the ensuing brouhaha is the result of sheer bungling. The president-elect has been calling world leaders willy-nilly. His conversation with the prime minister of Pakistan, in which he let loose a torrent of Trumpian gibberish, shows that no preparation whatsoever is being put into these calls. It is entirely conceivable that Trump had not the faintest idea that talking to Taiwan's president would touch on special sensitivities in Beijing. Of course, even if that is true, it is not what Trump Tower would like Americans or the world to believe. The powers that be in the tower have been working assiduously to present an entirely different theory. In this version, set forth initially by Trump advisors Stephen Yates and Christian Whiten on FoxNews.com, the telephone call was a brilliant stroke in which the president-elect was sticking a finger in Beijing's eye while simultaneously draining the D.C. swamp. China and the Washington Foreign Policy Establishment, wrote the pair, thought they could tell President-elect Donald Trump whom he can and cannot speak with on the phone. They thought wrong. Newt Gingrich has chimed in with his own praise for the genius of the president-elect, tweeting, Americans voted to change Washington, not to obey it. But the supporting evidence for the Yates, White, and Gingrich version is thin. On the one hand, as the Washington Post has reported, figures in and around the Trump transition team have indeed for some time discussed foregoing closer ties with Taiwan. But if the call had been part of a well-thought-out plan, why did Trump respond with defensive wine tweets? Taiwan's president had called me, he said, and interesting how the U.S. sells Taiwan billions of dollars of military equipment, but I should not accept a congratulatory call. Which brings us to a third alternative, namely that some of Trump's advisors, with an agenda of their own and exploiting his ignorance, put him up to it, knowing or hoping it would cause some sort of explosion in U.S.-China relations, or at least push things in a new direction. Of course, if Trump had been treated by his aides as a pawn or a rube, that would have become immediately apparent to him in the aftermath, when the rice began to hit the fan. No aides who wanted to survive for long would pull a stunt like that. But they could have been more cunning. They might have prepared Trump for the call with a briefing paper that told him calling Taiwan's president would be the kind of bold and unpredictable leadership he promised the American people, and that it would elicit exactly the sharp reaction he should welcome from Beijing and the Washington commentariat. In this version, our president-elect was manipulated by aides without ever realizing that he had been manipulated. Those same aides are now completing the scam and ingratiating themselves even further with our next president by hailing Trump as a 21st century Metternich in the making. 
Other more prominent voices, such as former UN Ambassador John Bolton and former Ambassador to China John Huntsman, are adding to the chorus of retroactive acclaim, explaining to the press that it's all part of a well-thought-out strategy to create leverage. The first and third version of events seem most plausible. The interpretation most favorable to Trump, that the brilliant real estate magnate executed a diplomatic masterstroke, cannot be squared with the total absence of signs of a coherent plan of action, such as a public warning in advance or follow-up steps beyond tweets. Some of those defending the call, such as Huntsman and Bolton, are seeking a high post in the Trump administration. Others are Trumpian flunkies. Last month, Whiten argued that Trump, even before assuming office, deserved the Nobel Peace Prize for having done more for peace and economic security than eight years of Barack Obama. It is notable that in their written explanations of the Taiwan call, Whiten, Yates, and Gingrich focus not on the merits of a policy shift, but on petty score settling with the Washington establishment that has treated them as the fringe figures that they are.